Okay, we are live now. Okay, uh, thanks everyone for joining us uh, for this month's coffee chat. This coffee chat is, uh, is, is just a mechanism that we use to communicate with the community and allow people to ask questions and basically speak with some repre we're not representatives of the community, but we're just, uh, we're active community members. So anyone who is an active community member can join. And we'd love for you to be able to ask questions while we're having this meeting so that we can answer them and discuss a lot about several things. So my name is Justin. I uh, currently run the Monero Community Workgroup. Um, and we also have Rayrar and XMR Scott here. Uh, Rayrar, do you want to start by introducing yourself too? Hey guys, I'm Diego, Rayrar. Um... And then, all right, sure. Uh, yep, I am Xmark Scott, aka Scott. Um, yep, same. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like habit. I'm I'm sorry. It's kind of like habit where you like have someone's handle and you've seen them so often they kind of refer to them like I can refer to Diego as Diego, but like it's just not doesn't come to mind as easily. It's actually it's actually weird because I don't hear Rirar sp out, like spoken out loud in real life very often. So like at home and stuff, I only hear Diego, 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 and then it's like, hey, Rirar, and like spoken out loud. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> what is this about? Okay, yeah, awesome. Thanks, thanks both of you for joining us. I mean, it's always great to have these. Uh, so I guess starting off with the, the big thing that's coming up this month, there is a network upgrade so a monero non-contentious hard fork where as a community we have decided that uh, along with how we normally do every six months that the community should update its software with latest updates latest versions to continuously improve the monero software um and with this feature there are several changes so first uh, perhaps most importantly um, as far as like a big consensus change is that the mining algorithm will change slightly and uh, this will bring uh, this, Yeah, so this this will Make it so that any specific hardware that was designed just to mine Monero will It will have a hard time It won't be able to adapt and update as easily as a CPU or graphics card normally would be able to uh, Does anyone have anything that they want to talk about? Uh, this aspect of Monero's updates where the, the the mining algorithm will update. Any thoughts? Opinions? Hopefully everyone's still able to hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can still hear you. I mean, I don't think there's necessarily a whole lot to say. It'll be interesting, I think, to see post-update what the hash rate is, which I think is kind of what a lot of people are looking at in terms of um, how much botnets and uh, ASICs are really making up the, the hashing power of Monero's current uh, hashing power. Yeah, we, we discussed last meeting um, that, that botnets like have issue we, we didn't know there would necessarily be a, a mining uh, a, an update to the mining algorithm but we just talked extensively about botnets last meeting and uh, I'm, I'm curious to see I think this would be a good test to see how many of these botnets have the ability to push updates uh, like to the code for 
to the to their compromised computers. I think this that'll be pretty interesting to see. Um, does anyone have any speculation? Do you think it would be likely or unlikely for there to be many botnets that uh, at least have the ability to update code like that? I mean, if they've, mm -hmm. if they've compromised the computer once, and if the person hasn't yet caught that there's a uh, a bot on their um, that there's malware on their computer that's running the thing, then I don't I don't see why they wouldn't be able to compromise it a second time or have a, a consistent connection to that thing. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, presumably all these bots are already connected to a mining pool that they're all basically joining together to mine. Oh. Yeah, they should have a constant internet connection. They should be able to similarly basically pull whatever packages from uh, the command center orchestrating everything. Okay, cool. Uh, so joining us also uh, is Alex from Local Monero. Alex, you want to introduce yourself real quick? Uh, oh, oh, can you hear me? You're on. Yes, we can hear you. Oh, hi, hi. This is Alex. Uh, I'm a co-founder of Local Monero. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, nice to have you on again. You were on, uh, was it in November, December? I, th um, I think it was, yeah, uh, a few months ago I, I was on. Okay, cool. So we're, we're still, we're going, we, we're starting this meeting off just going through the, uh, the updates and what people can expect for the, the, I have network upgrade this this month, um, but then we can swing back around and I'll make sure to ask you what updates you have for the team. Uh, yeah, I have one question that I wanted to ask you guys, but go ahead. Okay, yeah, so uh, yeah, be sure to ask as soon as we're uh, going. Yeah, uh, so another big thing that I really push for with this update is uh, the increase of the ring size from five to seven. It says that live streaming stopped. Uh, does, let's see, if is it still working? It might still, it looks like it's still going on YouTube. So it's an error right. on Jitsi's side. Mm -hmm. Yep. Jitsi is really nice that they're able to have this, but uh, sometimes the reliability is, leaves some to be desired. Um, but yeah, so with, with Monero, uh, there's a current rings with ring signatures. Uh, and I encourage you, if you're unfamiliar with ring, what ring signatures are, take a second at this point just to look up what ring signatures are because it would be really helpful in understanding how Monero works. It's a really important part. And uh, we learned with uh, the potential for chain split attacks that there is an opportunity for an attacker to encourage a large proportion of outputs to uh, at least to negatively impact a large proportion of outputs as people claim uh, free coins on some chain. And you can't necessarily uh, it's hard to prevent people from trying to claim free money. So by increasing the ring size, it helps protect the network against these sort of situations so that they're relatively unlikely. Uh, furthermore, Moneromu also made a tool, uh, and this has also been in collaboration with Stofu and a few others, in allowing people to select the appropriate like outputs when you actually generate these transactions, uh, which if you're a new user, just know that it allows you to more safely use chain splits. Um, it's still not as good as if you didn't use them at all, but it, it kind of provides a mechanism that if you, that's your priority, it, it minimizes the risk as much as we know to be possible. 
And so that's what I've kind of been working on. It kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. Very shortly after we had this meeting a month ago, we there, there was a Monero V hard fork that came out that, or a chain split that was advertised, and it caused a lot of confusion. And everyone was like, "Oh, we didn't really quite think of this this sort of attack before." With uh, um, so that that's basically been my month is going through trying to understand this attack as much as possible and just seeing what the impact are, impacts are on how to best mitigate them. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts on how, like I, I know XMR, uh, I know Scott, you wrote a really good uh, stack exchange response about like uh, about chain splits. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on your thoughts in, regarding the scenario? Um, the scenario or the, um, the people and the coin itself? Uh, I, get, I, get, I would say start with the scenario and then talk a little bit about the coin specifically. Um, and then I guess in the scenario, well, I mean, you, you, you did the video and whatnot on the scenario itself. So are you referring to like the actual undermining of the coin that you want me to talk about? Or I guess what in particular? <laughs> no, I, I guess uh, more so just on the, the issue that Monero has with chain splits more broadly, I guess. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, as Justin's really explained well in his video, um, it's basically, it's a fundamental kind of issue with ring signatures. Um, I mean, you can lessen the severity by having more decoys in your ring signature, but it's not, I mean, there, if you still do a spend on on both chains and there's only one transaction that's the same across those um, transactions, and then you're basically 100% compromised. So it's just kind of a mess, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of a weird corner case, but at the same time, it's, you know, uh, users, in my opinion, should, it's easiest just not to claim it because. I think for most chain splits too, it just, I mean, as I'll, I can maybe talk about later, it really doesn't make sense, um, at least for this particular coin, um, for what they're claiming. And um, odds are it's going to be, I mean, even if you hold a lot of Monero beforehand, it's going to be kind of worthless, in my opinion. It, like the, the trade off between privacy and maybe a few bucks is not going to be worth it. Um, you know, people are greedy, so don't estimate greed is what I've kind of learned over the years. So. Yeah. Um, do you want to, I guess, now that we have the opportunity, what are your thoughts on Monero V then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I was, okay, yep. All right, so I guess I'll just talk quickly to my thoughts. So, I mean, basically, I kind of explained it in my answer, but... Basically, um, my thoughts are kind of this. Um, typically, when you talk about like worldviews or just philosophies in general, um, you can't. You have a really, really weak worldview, or just you're you're basically scamming someone if you aren't um, kind of like oh, I forget what the term is, but basically you're internally consistent. There's no contradictions. So, like speaking as someone like who's the disciple of Christ, like. 
if you have a bunch of contradiction with the within the Bible of people claiming to be different places at the exact same time, it, it kind of undermines the entire cornerstone of that particular religion. And similarly for Monero V, they have all these kind of what I basically call core tenets of the philosophy they're trying to put behind their coin, which is we hate um, inflation induced via coin supply, but they're inflating by 10x right off the bat and it takes like 1,500 years from narrow to catch up. So that's like a huge, serious contradiction. That's a huge mark against them being a scam. There's a scalability issue where they claim they hate um, things that don't scale well, but they're doing a chain split and they're inheriting what's roughly 33 gigabytes on our blockchain. Uh, in terms of the blockchain size, they're inheriting our 50x Bitcoin transaction sizes. So they're they're basically inheriting a lot of stuff they hate, and they could just wait until they allegedly implement Mimble Wendel in two years. And then there's the whole privacy thing where um, it's been interesting because I just kind of sit in the Telegram group and take screenshots and, you know, just for future reference and kind of laugh to myself. But like a lot of the admins don't seem to understand like the privacy issue where they're like, oh, if you use a temporary wallet, then your your privacy is safe. And so they're, they're lying to these users, unfortunately. And I don't want to speak out on Telegram because I know I'll get Insta banned and then I'll lose my kind of um, ability to tap into things. But uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a huge mess from an V. It's a huge scam, and uh, obviously, I encourage anyone to stay away and simply not claim their narrow V. Yeah, it's. I think the thing that throws me off the most is, and, and you're right, there are contradictions kind of across the board. But the one that really gets to me is their claim that they're going to improve privacy but they're going to start off the bat with a situation where their network is going to be compromised unless they can coordinate uh, over 75% of people using a specified tool that will reuse outputs, like the, the same ring member set for both Monero and the chain. Like it, it's just so striking to me that uh, they can try and claim one thing, but do the opposite. And it's, it's kind of across the board, as, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that uh, what scammers do? You know, I, th I think that is what scammers do most of the time. Yeah, uh, and, and, and yeah, and I think it's worth noting, too, in their most recent announcement, privacy wasn't even a reason why they pushed back until like April 30th or whatever. Privacy was like pretty much the very last bullet under updates. It wasn't one of like the four reasons as to why they were pushing back. So it's very much an afterthought to them. And it's, yeah, as I said, it's basically privacy when claiming to care about privacy, but it's like the last thing on the list, if at all. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, and then I, I have one more update uh, before I'll let everyone else decide. Uh, there's some other really important update that want, that I probably forgot about, but the the GUI will and the command line to uh, tool also will now include. Uh, this isn't a consensus change, but it comes with the update. Uh, a bootstrapping option so that you can specify a remote node that you can use while you're syncing on your computer, and if 
your when your remote when your local node is completely updated, it'll switch to that so it's more private, more secure in general. But in the meantime, you can get started immediately by specifying a remote node while waiting to still do things the right way. So that's something that encourages initial user adoption. Um, does anyone else have any large things that that I forgot uh, are making it into this update that'll be out next week or two? Uh, Multi-signatures, although one can argue they were already there, but uh, most people probably don't compile from source. So. Yeah, th thank minimum. you. Yeah, th thank you, Scott, for that. I, I totally forgot about it. I, it's kind of something, it, it's been there, but you kind of forget about it. <laughs> uh, Multi-sig is just uh, the option so that you could require multiple signers in the transaction. So if, uh, if, I was sending money to Diego, and uh, I, I wasn't confident that Diego would, uh, like, I don't implicitly trust Diego completely. I could be like, hey, uh, Scott, I would appreciate it if uh, we made this multi-sig transaction. So I get, I have one key, I give one key to Scott, I give one key to Diego, and if Diego does his end of the deal of shipping the product I ordered, then uh, we don't need to speak to Scott anymore. Uh, the two of us can just approve the transaction because you can make it so that you need two signers. And so the two of us are signers. But suppose that uh, Diego just wants to steal my money, then uh, Scott can cancel the transaction. Or suppose that if uh, Diego sent the money and I'm malicious, so I claim that I didn't receive something when I definitely did, then Scott can still send the transaction through. That that's the biggest use case for. Uh, that's the biggest use case for multisig. Of course, there are still several other uses in case you need multiple parties to sign for some other reason. But like a real practical use case that most people will see, especially with like decentralized markets such as Open Bazaar and a few others. Yeah. So thanks for mentioning that. that uh, thanks for mentioning that, Scott. I, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> You know, there, there's some other use cases for something like multisig that is, uh, they're not uh, third party related. So they're just for for me, let's say, like, let's say um, I want to keep my Monero funds in a safe place in a paper wallet. Uh, I'm just scared for one reason or another. Well, I can put maybe the majority of my funds that I want in cold storage in a multisig wallet and then go ahead and put, and I have all three keys myself, but I put one key one place, I put one key with a trusted friend and I keep one key at home. So that way, you know, if my house burns down, well, I can go, let's say the first one went to a bank vault or something like that. I can go pick that up and go to my friend and get the other one and restore my my money, send it someplace. Uh, so, you know, there, there's other there's other ways that you can kind of divvy up these keys uh, to keep your money more safe. And uh, heck, you know, even if you were to die or something like that, you know, having a uh, something set up so your family or uh, whoever you're leaving stuff to could easily access funds using multi, you know, collaborating with together uh, for multi-sig transactions. Of course, that means you have to trust they don't collaborate together while you're still alive to steal your money. But uh, if if your money disappears one day, uh, you have the benefit of knowing who who had the keys, so uh, you know who to uh, who to go to the dark web and hire some people to to take out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just kidding. Uh, so there's a lot of other fun uh, things that you can do with multi-sig. And yeah, explore, do new things, be creative, innovative. It's 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 the way of Monero, you know. I'm, I'm... 
yeah, Monero innovation just underneath. <laughs> we need something like like putting the fun back in fungibility. We need some similar thing for innovation. I can't think of anything on the top of my head. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, Alex, I think now is a good time. You said you had a question. Uh, if you're if you're still here, uh, do you yep. have? Perfect. So, what what do you need to ask us? Um, two questions, actually. I, I, I deceived you at the beginning. Uh, the first question uh, is um, with regards to the fork. Now, we have received uh, a few questions on the Monero V fork. Uh, I mean, people opening up tickets on, on our site asking us uh, if we are going to allow them to sort of claim their Monero V balance. Uh, after the fork happens, and even on our subreddit, we, we've had uh, a thread opened. Now, our position in the company is that this this is just uh, obviously uh, a scam, and we, we have, I mean, there's, there's no way where we're going to uh, partake in this. But I think uh, what I really want to ask is that how how best we should approach this should we put an announcement on our website that says no guys we will not be touching monero v or should we uh, make an announcement on reddit or should we do both or should we just stay quiet because maybe that's the better thing to do here in in the sense that by acknowledging the existence of this fork in a lot of cases many people will will not be even aware that this this fork is happening, you know, and they and then and then they come to the website and then they see an announcement, oh, uh, that we're not going to be um, giving away or touching the Monero V fork, and they're like, oh, what's this Monero V fork? I better go check it out, and then they'll see it, and then they'll think, oh, this is like a good thing, and so so this is it's it's one of those things of like is is um, is there no such thing as bad publicity? You know, is is there should should we make an announcement, or or is it better in ter in terms of the common good uh, to just stay quiet about this? And if someone asks us privately, like in in it by opening a ticket on the website, then we just tell them no, but but not make any public announcement. What, what are your opinions on this? No, I, I think it's a tough question. If someone else can chime in here, that'd be good too. Uh, but from my perspective, I think it would be important as a company to have some clear position about how you ch handle chain splits in general. So it might be useful to your users for you to say that, well, we won't support any chain splits, including the one that's happening next month. That, that's something that might be useful for you to, to convey to your users. Um, there are... If you don't want to, it's so I, I would. It should be somewhere, in my opinion, at least somewhere in like the terms of service, ideally, or something for people to find if they really care, and then you can refer them to that if they ask. Um, there are more safe ways. So, so, but but if it looks like if you're not interested in providing those, then I guess you don't need to worry about that. There is an interesting point though about at what point is it helpful to call it a scam or to, to draw light to certain concerns compared to, 
oh, well, now you're actually just helping them because you're talking about it more and it's more exposure. So it's, I, I don't really have a good answer to that. And I don't really know. I, I agree that not all forks uh, are created equal. Certainly there, there are some instances where we will absolutely want to uh, at least announce our position officially on whether we will be providing access to the fork or not. But in this case, I think, due to the sort of malicious nature, intended or unintended, but nevertheless detrimental to the common good nature of this fork, um, maybe it's better for us to just not acknowledge it at all. I, I certainly agree with you, Justin, that in the case of, of, a, of a legitimate fork sort of happening, whatever legitimate will be defined as when, when, the, when the legitimate fork does happen to appear, that there, there should be a um, sort of uh, proper way to deal with it. Um, and I, I think for every fork that, that might come along in the future, uh, we're, we're going to have to look at it individually. I don't think that uh, defining a, a, a policy ahead of time is, is, is a good idea because there's simply no way to know what, what forks we see in the future. So if, if we lock, lock, it, lock it into our terms of service, you know, we might have to, uh, we might regret it later on. Uh, so my, my personal opinion, and, and this is what me and the team have uh, discussed, is that uh, it's probably best simply not to make any announcements and just keep quiet about it. Uh, but I, I just wanted to confirm that with the rest of the community. And I, I, would, I would tend to agree, honestly. Uh, in terms of um, individual business, like Monero as a whole, the community has made their stance, in particular on Monero, be very clear. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think every single business needs to come out and explicitly say we are against this scam coin type thing. I mean, because honestly, I, I believe Monero V would be much, much smaller than it is if Mon uh, in terms of exposure, if Monero hadn't had a Monero V yes. post every yes. single day, honestly, Absolutely. Yes. we have how many subscribers on the Reddit and how, you know, and, and now all of these people are seeing Monero. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know about Monero V. Um, and in the event that they're like, oh, well, what does Monero think about this? Well, it is good that Monero community as a whole has like two or three well-written uh, posts about this on various mediums that you can just very quickly give the link to the person. Here's what we think about it. The end, you know, and in the case of an individual business, um, you know, Monero V is different than other privacy coins. I think this is a weakness of the Monero community in general that uh, they, they have a zeal for accurate facts and a zeal for truth, which is a great thing. It really is because it makes um, it, it helps people not get scammed and it helps us understand, uh, you know, what is real privacy, what is not, what is real fungibility, what is not. So when things like Verge, Dash, all these other things come along, you know, we, we, we have a, um, I would say we have a well-informed opinion. I, you know, we don't always have 100% of the facts as the community has shown they're willing to uh, uh, get out their pitchforks when things are not 100% clear, uh, which, which, is, which is not right. But... Uh, we, we have a pretty well-informed opinion about all these things, and we have well-written things, comparisons, and stuff that we can, that we can uh, point people to. Now, when it gets to the point that we start bringing up these other things, it, it, it's so funny, it's, and it's so sad, because we don't need to. Guys, like, we're so much – we've got it right, and even 
we're so much bigger. You know, it, it's like does does because it gives them ammunition. It gives them the ammunition. I read this and, and it roll, makes me roll my my eyes every time. Where where they're like, see, they're afraid. They're afraid. That's why they're pushing us down. That's why they're they're against us because they they're afraid of what X coin can do. And, and that it's going to dethrone them. And it's, it's so funny because it's the furthest thing from the truth. You know, like, in theory, we don't care because they're wrong. Uh, usually they don't have very good privacy. Um, but our actions as a community do kind of show that we do care. And, you know, I understand some people saying, well, we just don't want people to get scammed. You, you can't teach people what they're not willing to learn. You know, um, so the best we can do is have well-written, you know, good resources out there for people who do want to learn that we can, you know, funnel them to. Take a look at this. If you have any questions, come ask us by all means. You know, we're here. We're available. We're open. Um, but not not actively going around with a megaphone saying this, 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 you know, that that does damage to the Monero community's re reputation. It does uh, damaged by pointing people to things that they might not have otherwise known um, and really pointing them to scams a lot of the time. In my opinion, it's, it's, it's better to be quiet and well-spoken than very, very loud and just vomiting over everybody. You know what I'm saying? So I, I agree with Alex's decision. You know, if you get a question on your subreddit, answer it, point them to a resource. There you go. You know, in terms of you know, putting out a huge announcement for everybody to make sure that everybody understands. I, I don't think that's necessary. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a waste of resources um, when, yeah, you, could, you guys could be doing other things, more productive things. One thing we wanted to do uh, is that we wanted to put a, a, um, a post on, on the Monero subreddit uh, with the title, Local Monero's Official uh, Position with regards of whether we will support the Monero V fork and the text of the post were, were just to say, LOL, no, just as a, just as a joke. But then we decided, no, it's better to just not say anything uh, and, and have it, have it be at that. All right. I, I think, I think uh, I've got, I've got my, my polling numbers in uh, on, on what the community thinks. And, and I'm glad that, that uh, the opinion of, of our team seems to be, in concord with the community. Uh, one, the second question I wanted to, to, to bring up, and this has nothing to, to do with Monero V, um, enough of Monero V. Uh, the, um, here's one thing that, that really bugs us, uh, payment IDs. Now, now the, the, the old style payment IDs, the ones that are separate, not, not the integrated addresses, um, they are a huge productivity sink. I mean, the amount of tickets that we have to process because someone forgot to um, input their payment ID or, or because someone, when, 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 when you withdraw from local Monero, uh, we don't have an option to set the payment ID. Uh, we did that on purpose because we want the payment ID to die. Uh, and uh, when you deposit to local Monero, you get an, 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 an integrated address, not the payment ID type of thing. So our system is completely payment ID independent. 
just for reference, when I say payment ID, I, I mean the, the one that's separate. I, I know that integrated addresses have payment IDs sort of baked into the cake, but for, just for the purposes of, of this discussion. So I, I, I really want, and the team really wants, to put forward a proposal of completely uh, removing a separate payment IDs from future uh, releases of Monero because um, this is killing an enormous amount of, of man hours, not, not just for local Monero. Local Monero, I mean, we just got got to taste it as, as an example, but, but you know, people opening threads on, on the subreddit, uh, we're talking about uh, exchanges having to process uh, all the uh, mistakes that, that users make, either because they didn't set the payment ID or because they, they, they're not sure about what the payment ID is and because they're not sure, they, they, they open tickets and they ask questions about what this is, what does this mean, do I have to put this, you know. And, and uh, I, think, I think it was either uh, BitTrex or it was Bitfinex that had uh, a new sort of, they, they got so tired of people opening tickets with regards to uh, mistakes uh, of, of forgetting, forgetting to set their payment ID, that they actually started charging, I think it was $20 for every uh, deposit that they had to manually process because the user didn't specify the payment ID. So I think that the total number of, of man hours, uh, the total value productivity lost because of the existence of legacy payment IDs is is so enormous that it by far outstrips uh, the the value that is provided by the backwards compatibility of, of, of keeping the legacy payment IDs in the code. So what what do you think about that? I, I, I could respond if or unless SGP wants to respond. No, you can go first. Yeah, so um, I think with sub addresses coming along, definitely that's going to deprecate even the integrated address, uh, to my knowledge, since all of that reconciles to one private key. What I would, I, I see what you're saying, and I agree 100%. What I would advocate for, uh, knowing that sub addresses are coming in March and are actually available right now, um, is uh, you know once once sub addresses rolls out in March see how it takes, you know, see if there's any underlying issues, bugs, any of that kind of thing now that it's in the real world. Um, and if all goes well in September, just, yeah, completely strip payment IDs from everything and anything that is, uh, you know, even remove it. Yeah, you're right, as, a, as an option within the CLI and stuff like that and, and the GUI. I, I, I agree, I don't think there's a need for them anymore. Uh, I know that when I was sending my first Monero transactions, that's where a lot of my questions came. Do I need a payment ID? Uh, if I'd never used Monero before, you know, uh, what is this for? Who's it for? You know, I had to go searching and, and any way that we can even, you're right, we even have integrated addresses right now. If, and if that was the only option, then that would make things so much better. It honestly would um, because it's just, okay, send to this address, no any extra funny stuff options, this address, this much money, the end, as opposed to step three, four, five, six, 
um, anything that is above step one for the average person is way beyond you know what they are willing to look into because they're just going to have more and more questions and they're just going to mess it up so uh, with sub addresses uh, i think a lot of this is solved i think it was solved with integrated addresses but even more so now with sub addresses so uh, yeah i'm all for it okay yeah just to uh, just to make one clarification though uh, from my understanding sub addresses will not deprecate the integrated addresses. They have, uh, you could, uh, if you're running local Monero, you could have everyone deposit to a different sub-address, but that is less efficient than giving them a, an integrated address all the time. And for the end user, it would still have the same uh, process of just copying the address and pasting it in their wallet and sending it. Uh, so I, I, I think, I think the intention of sub-addresses is not to replace integrated addresses. However, um, I, I definitely agree with Alex's point that payment IDs basically need to go away. Um, and by that, I don't mean that you shouldn't have them at all, but that you should not have them as an optional line item, as, as a line item that is often used. I think at this point, most exchanges have kind of caught on that it's, uh, it's annoying to have to deal with these payment IDs but there are still several places where the payment IDs are still need used. Uh, for example, on the form funding system, you still have a separate address and a separate payment ID. And so there are some cases where they're still used. Um, and I would like to, at least just from the convenience perspective and having to deal with these issues, that, uh, um, that it, it would be best if they go away. So I think, I think Alex, um, yeah, uh, and yeah, you can you can respond like one. I'm almost done. I promise. So I, I definitely agree with you that payment uh, that the separate payment ID field is overly complicated for normal users when we already have integrated addresses. And I would like to. I think the process forward towards removing compatibility or removing most compatibility, or at least removing it from apps like Monoruho and Cake Wallet and even the official GUI and maybe just making it a command line tool for the very few people who need to use it in very niche circumstances because I would really like it to be a niche circumstance that uh, in order for that to happen, we need to make sure that the exchanges are aware that needs to happen, basically make a list of all the people that are still using this old system and making them aware that they need to switch, they need to update and hopefully uh, we can set a timeline for like a September upgrade for that, uh, ideally. Uh, so now, anything else you want to add, Alex? Uh, if I remember correctly, most of the big exchanges still do use payment ID. Now, I haven't checked for, for like a few months, but I think, I, I mean, I think Poloniex did switch to integrated addresses. I don't remember about Kraken. I think Kraken is still on the payment IDs. I think uh, BitTrex is still on the payment IDs. I think Binance is on the payment IDs. Uh, all the sort of uh, big stars uh, are are on the payment IDs. And I, when when people are going to be discussing this removing payment ID problem, I think um, the biggest opposition to this, I mean, because everybody understands that that payment IDs that have to be uh, listed separately in a separate field are a bad thing. Every, nobody disagrees with that. I think the biggest opposition will come from people who say, okay, yes, they're a bad thing, but 
so many big companies, exchanges, uh, services use them that we can't just take it out. It's going to break everything. It's going to, well, in my opinion, um, uh, oh, one more thing. The opposition is going to say that, okay, if, if, if these companies that are uh, using the separate field payment ID, uh, if if they're really so bad in terms of productivity, in terms of the, the wasted uh, value, wasted hours, then they would have already changed it by themselves. They would have already implemented the integrated addresses instead of using the legacy payment IDs, if it was worth it, right? Businesses aren't stupid. Well, the thing is, they... <laughs> They, they are now using it as, as a way to profit because, uh, as I said, it, it was either Bitfinex or BitTrex that implemented this new policy that if you screw up on your deposit by not putting a payment ID, you got to pay a $20 uh, fee for them to credit your deposit. So, so see, businesses are, are, are really uh, sneaky that, <laughs> that way. You know, in, instead of... Uh, fixing this problem, they are now profiting from this problem, and and I, I will not be surprised if if we start seeing more of this. So I think it is uh, the, the opposition uh, argument of of this being a big deal because uh, of this not of the fact that this should not happen because big companies use it. I think can be defeated by the example of, of, of the fee, uh, of, of the companies that are starting to charge the fee for, for crediting those deposits. So I think in, in the interests of the users and in the interests of, of businesses who are not trying to rip off their customers uh, this way, um, I think we should really push for, for the legacy payment ID to be removed. Uh, Justin, do you, do you think that we should open a um, an issue on GitHub? So, um, I I hesitate to say that a large number of people would agree to commit to preventing payment ID as a separate line item. However, I, I know there is very strong support for encouraging payment I uh, for encouraging integrated addresses. I, I know there is, and so. Uh, I, I think, in my opinion, the best way forward is to let the exchanges know that, like, like if, if the Monero community is serious about something like this, I think a reasonable approach could be remove, um, remove, see, this is, this is hard because you, you still want to provide functionality to the user. Um, and ideally a user would choose an exchange that is convenient for them. So, Sure, they might be charging money to process the to process the, the the issues that people have with not providing payment IDs, but ideally, then that would should also encourage users to that, like it inconveniences users, and so that's not good for the exchange either. Um, when it doesn't need to, it's not a needed inconvenience. So, I think a reasonable process for it would be to just gather a lot of community support, letting people know, uh, make, making the exchanges know that we really want the supported feature, and perhaps even promising to remove a feature like a payment ID from the, the GUI. 
and from, uh, I suppose, trying to get some other applications on board. And so, or, or at least maybe burying them under some, it, it's, it's really hard to say. I understand that you, 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 from your perspective, you really want a stronger push. And so it's just something that's really hard to reconcile because you need to make sure that, uh, like, what if the exchanges still don't update? Um, and it's and then you just have even more problems with the users. And so it's it's hard to say. Um, what what else, Alex? I think that unless this is made a mandatory protocol upgrade, um, we will never see all the exchanges switch to the integrated address because it is simply not in their interest to, to try to mangle with the code if they can just start charging people, if they, if they just use this as, as a new opportunity to charge people even more money, rip them off even more. And uh, this is not only, uh, we, we should not only think about the exchanges, we should also think about the user base as a whole because this really negatively impacts the user experience. It adds a layer of complexity that is not present in, uh, I think, most other uh, coins. Uh, it adds uh, requirements uh, for int introduction, because Monero always gets uh, criticized for not being noob-friendly enough, right? And and this, this is just one uh, aspect of, of the lack of noob-friendliness. And I, I think the criticisms are valid. Not not all of them, of course, but I think a lot of the criticism, including the one about the legacy payment IDs, are valid. And 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 uh, taking into account the the killed productivity because because we have to process and other companies have to process and 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 even you know the the, the forum funding system uh, ha have to process all the all the mis uh, deposited uh, funds. That's number one. So that's already, I mean, I'm willing to wager millions of man hours wasted. Um, second is is the uh, added layer of complexity uh, for the user, as well as for the developer, right? Because the developer, so this, this raises the barrier of entry for the development team uh, because they have to implement this, this system where there is two input fields instead of one, and they have to implement the logic on the back end of processing that when, when if we're talking about exchanges, they, most of the time they only have to deal with one field, right? So now they have to think about that. So that, add, that adds a layer of complexity. That layer of complexity creates problems when you need to upgrade your site, when you need to um, debug, when, when you need to stabilize. So every single thing, I mean, you would think that this is not such a big deal, but when you really compute the numbers of, of how much productivity is wasted because of this and, and, and compare it with the value that you get from this feature, which is now at, at this point today, it is practically zero because we have integrated addresses. The, the, the balance shifts overwhelmingly in favor of, of removing uh, the, the the separate field because the productivity gain that we will get from this 
is enormous because all the it it will force effectively all the exchanges who don't who haven't implemented integrated addresses by now and if they if they wanted to they would have already done it because integrated addresses have been around for a very long time and and yet we still see a large number of exchanges that haven't implemented them so so the a lot of the users aren't educated enough about this to, to actually, or, or care enough about this to, 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 to tell the exchanges, to, to demand from the exchanges that they implement this. They, all they, they just want to get their money in and they, get, they want to get their money out. They don't want to start a political war on an exchange, talking to the admins, demanding. They, they don't want to deal with that. So it's, it's really, I think, important for, for the, the quality of Monero, for the productivity for the barriers to entry on the developer side, on the user side, from the complexity aspect, for us to, to, to really say goodbye to this. Uh, I mean, that's just my position. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you on pretty much all of those points. Um, I, I think the best, the, the most realistic way for you to help spearhead this sort of change is to get as much buy-in as early as possible to try and get community consensus for the September hard fork uh, in the, for the September protocol upgrade to make these changes. And so um, I said it might be a little lost in the chaos now as we're trying, as the community is trying to get everything prepared for the hard fork later this month. But I'd say um, as soon as April rolls around, definitely make your opinion heard and the community can kind of assess the viability try and receive buy-in from the exchanges see if they are interested and that the, the easiest way is making clear the intentions to these exchanges as early as possible um and uh hopefully we're able to get buy-in from all of them because it is just a straight up improvement uh payment ids do not need to be a separate field if they can be included in an address, which reduces complexity and everything else. So I completely agree with you. Is there anything you want to add real quick, uh, Scott, on this issue? I mean, I think you've both said pretty much, I mean, there's a really, really good case, basically, that boils down to it reduces complexity kind of across the board. And that's what pretty much everyone, exchange user or ourselves wants, because it makes it easier to work with Monero. And then, like you said, I think, um, Kind of the key point is right now there's a lot of uh, crazy stuff going in in terms of um, just basically uh, creating the release and putting it out. So once once the release happens at the end of this month, I think like Justin said, um, like put a comment, for example, in the dev agenda for the dev meeting following uh, the network update and say, hey, I would like to add this item to the dev meeting agenda. And, um, and then it's basically hopefully on the list and you can talk about in the dev meeting and then because i mean i don't know if any of the devs talk to the exchanges or if we have a particular point person that tends to talk to the exchanges but i mean obviously if someone already has that kind of role it it's a familiar face to the exchanges and one that we should use if there's if there's buy off on the devs and i have no, I don't see any reason why the devs wouldn't buy off on it because it's. I feel like it's a relatively straightforward. It the pros far outweigh the cons. So um, yeah, but yeah, as soon as the 
sooner we can get the ball rolling before September, assuming every the exchanges would buy off on deprecating it in the September release, the better. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely think that's a way forward. Okay, um, is there any, any other comments that people have in the last few minutes here uh, that they want to discuss? Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you coming on, seeing you again, Alex. Uh, it's been some time since you've been on it, so you came up with some great conversations. So I, I think it's I think it's a good idea. So, uh, like for this for this hard fork, I advocated for an increased ring size. So Scott put it in the GitHub no, uh, the GitHub dev meeting issue, and that's really the best way to get your voice heard. So I highly recommend. Uh, I, I do not think that it would be likely for you to get significant discussion this month because we there are already weekly meetings full of content to make sure that the update gets out. But as soon as uh, as March rolls around, uh, or April rolls around, because <laughs> it is March, definitely, definitely, definitely make a comment on them on the meta. Uh, repository as an issue. Make your voice heard there that you would like to discuss this. And perhaps it would be even better if you had some kind of recommended action plan and then that will get things moving as quickly as possible. Thanks, Justin. That, that's, that's some great advice. I hope that uh, when April rolls around uh, a uh, an audit of, of bulletproofs will will reveal some sort of uh, vulnerability that will shift all the discussion to bulletproofs and, and prevent me from raising this issue. But I, I, I get your point. Thank, thanks for the thanks for the. Uh, You're the catching up for me. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so I guess unless anyone has last last chance for some people to ask questions in the chat, uh, but we're basically running low on time here. Uh, so I appreciate everyone for coming here to, uh, to, you know, join us in this month's coffee chat. Uh, I always have fun doing these things. Um, I actually brought my coffee down, but I left it somewhere in this room and I can't remember where I put it. So it'll be cold by the time, <laughs> by the time, you know, I'm going to drink it now. But, uh, yeah, so it looks like, uh, since we have no more questions in the chat, uh, again, thank you, Alex. Thank you, uh, Scott. Uh, thank you, Diego, who already left. And thank you, also, uh, thank you to uh, Sarang, who showed up uh, for a very brief amount of time. Uh, he's had some issues with his computer, so hopefully we'll have more consistency in the future with that, but I know he always likes to show up for these two. All right, uh, so until next month, uh, I'll see you all later, and uh, thanks, thanks for coming again. Yep, see you on the other side of the upgrade. Goodbye. <laughs> Yep, bye.